You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode number 91 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band Nowhere Fast. Nowhere Fast create dark, energized, and passionate rock that flourishes from their beloved and unmistakable roots in melodic punk rock. Formed in Louisville, Kentucky, the band is made up of old friends from the DIY tour circuit. Nowhere Fast's forthcoming album, Eonian, the follow-up to 2013's Trials, is the culmination of years of dedication and a love of their craft, which manifests in songs that offer a familiar, poignant songwriting presence, paired with previously unexplored melodies and structures that build on the depth with which they've spent years defining their sound. For more information on Nowhere Fast, you can check them out on all of the streaming platforms and at NowhereFastMusic.com. Now here it is, their new single, Dark Towns.
Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Melissa from the Aqua Dolls, and you're listening to that one time on tour. Run for the road, cause it's going on and on. We'll be driving through the darkest night until the break of dawn. We'll be heading for the cities, another show for us to play. To get back in the van, tomorrow we'll do it, we'll do it all again. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? This is Chris Swinney. As always, I am your host for that one time on tour. If you're joining us for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to sit down with someone in or around the entertainment industry. Thanks a lot for coming and checking out the show last week with Dave Brown Sound from Sum 41. It was an awesome episode. You guys seem like you liked it. I got a lot of good feedback on the episode. So thanks again to Dave and the guys from Sum 41. They're still in, on tour. I believe they're in Europe right now until like the 7th or 8th. They just announced some Australian dates with The Offspring, I believe. So uh, we have a lot of listeners in Australia. Make sure you go check out Sum 41. They are a band that should not be missed if they're in your area. So today on the program, I got to sit down and have a conversation with Melissa Brooks, singer, guitarist, primary songwriter for The Aqua Dolls. Now, uh, I didn't know a lot about the Aqua Dolls, but my buddy Rick DeVoe manages the Aqua Dolls, and he hit me up, and he was like, hey, you should really have Melissa on the show. They're a great band. And I checked him out, and I loved him. I thought they were really, really cool. And uh, Rick is going to be on the show in the future. Rick has done some great stuff. He you know, managed Blink-182, and he's, just, he's worked with so many great people. But uh, the Aqua Dolls, currently, I just saw a video today. I was not aware of this. They're in the studio with Fat Mike from NoFX producing their new record. So uh, I feel I feel like I got in on the secret a little bit early with the Aqua Dolls. So uh, Melissa, if you're out there listening and all the rest of uh, the girls in the Aqua Dolls, shout out. Thank you so much for being on the show. Before I get to my interview with Melissa, I need to tell you about my sponsors. And I'm going to try to get through these quick because everybody's like, there's been reviews on, on iTunes. Like, man, this show is so great. I love it. But he talks about sponsors too much. I got to do it, man. They help keep the lights on. So I'm going to try to keep it short, but I want to tell you Nowhere Fast, the band at the beginning, they decided to sponsor an episode. They sent me their stuff. And I'm telling you right now, I probably am 90% of the streams on, on Spotify. I love these guys. Nowhere Fast is so amazing. Their new record, e I can't even say it now. Uh, Eonian. <laughs> I had to go to YouTube and figure out how to say it. But yes, uh, Nowhere Fast. You can go to nowherefastmusic.com. You can search Nowhere Fast on all of the streaming sites. 
They are worth a listen. They are amazing. They're getting ready to go on tour, so check it out. Go to NowhereFastMusic.com. I want to give a shout out to Permanence Tattoo Gallery, the only place in central Indiana you should get tattooed. Head on over to Anderson, Indiana, Meridian Street, Permanence Tattoo Gallery. Check them out on all of the socials at Permanence Tattoo Gallery. And now we have a new sponsor alert. I'm so, so, so excited. Liquiddeath.com. Liquid Death, they have uh, water in a can. It's spring water. It's from the Rockies and all over the place, the Alps. And it is so good. I saw I saw this thing on the internet where somebody was drinking some Liquid Death. And I was like, man, that reminds me of being on Warp Tour. Because on Warp Tour, you know, Monster sponsored Warp, sponsored Warp Tour. So they would just put water in the Monster cans. And when you're on Warp Tour all day, you're just drinking water out of a can. <clears throat> so when I saw Liquid Death, I got really excited. I hit him up. I said, I'd love to try some. I'd like to get you guys on board as a sponsor, become part of the TOTOT family. And they obliged. They said yes. So uh, I've got a couple cases. I love it. I've been drinking it like crazy. And it takes me back to those sweaty days on blacktop and parking lots on Warp Tour. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, you can go on over to liquiddeath.com. Make sure to use the promo code when you order some Liquid Death. T-O-T-O-T, and our listeners get $2 off of a case of water. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, I'll just go to the store and I'll get some Ice Mountain or some Dasani or whatever. Yeah, but man, that plastic is not good for the environment. That's one of their mottos over at Liquid Death. Death to plastic. Murder your thirst. You have those cans, man. Cans are recycled all the time. Like, it's great. It's way better for the environment. It tastes better coming out of a can, and it kind of looks like you're drinking a beer, so people are kind of freaked out. I'd like to know what would happen if, like, you got stopped by the cops and you were drinking a Liquid Death. But uh, check it out, liquiddeath.com, promo code T-O-T-O-T. Get $2 off a case of water. I'd really like to thank Liquid Death for coming on board and uh, I can't wait to keep working with you guys in the future. I love your product, and you guys need to check it out. Okay, if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. I would like to give a shout out to our two Patreon producers, Bob Foster out of California and John Exton out of the United Kingdom. Thank you guys so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. If you guys don't want to support us financially on Patreon, I totally get it. The show will always be free. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes, review us on Facebook, do whatever you want. Anything that you guys do helps the show. Okay, so I am keeping this intro short. I'm looking at the time ticking by and I'm, I'm buzzing through this stuff, man. So I do have a radio segment today, so cue the theme music. Radio, radio, radio. On this edition of TOTOT Radio, I'm going to self-serve once again. I've been working really, really hard on uh, remastering a lot of my old band, The Widow Jenkins, uh, doing all of the stuff and making it sound better. I'm going to release this huge, you know, complete collection of songs, and uh, it's entitled Crimson King. 
And that's after one of the songs that's on <laughs> on the thing. But uh, we never actually had like a full on like session where we did like a record's worth of songs. We did a bunch of studio tracks and then we did a bunch of demos and they all sound pretty good. So I remastered everything and I'm going to put everything up on Spotify. It's the Widow Jenkins Crimson King, the complete collection. Uh, hopefully you guys will check it out. Uh, I had to get all this stuff. It's crazy. I only had like maybe nine of the 15 or 16 songs. I had to hit up my buddy, Brian Nelson, who used to play with me in the Ataris. He was in the Widow Jenkins as well. And he dug all these off of his hard drive. Brian's episode is coming up very, very soon. I think we talk a little bit about it on the episode. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to play a song that if you've heard any of the Widow Jenkins stuff, this might surprise you. This song is a little more kind of electronic and uh, I've just always really loved this song. I thought that Adam, our singer, did an excellent job with the lyrics and the melodies. And I just want to share it with you guys. So hopefully you like it. If you do, let me know. Uh, go to the socials or whatever and let me know. It's at TOTOT Podcast. I really like some feedback. This is different. Most of the songs are kind of metallic and thrashy. And this is a different one. So I hope you guys like it. This is The Widow Jenkins with This Present Darkness.
So there it was, my old band, The Widow Jenkins, with This Present Darkness. Shout out to the guys from The Widow Jenkins. Uh, I'm trying to get this thing going again. I don't think it's going to be like where we tour and play shows or whatever, but it's fun going back over the old songs and remastering them and making them sound good. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. Like I said, it's a little bit different, a little more electronic. Adam killed it on the vocals, though. Our old friend Jesse helped us out with a lot of the electronic stuff on that song. So, you know, I hope you guys dig it. There'll be a lot more from the Widow Jenkins soon. Hopefully there'll be some new music. And uh, if I can't get the guys together to record it, it'll be yours truly. And uh, you guys will still be hearing it. It's kind of like my passion project right now, kind of reviving some of the stuff. But that's it for the intro. I know you guys thought it was going to be short, but it was long. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into my conversation with Melissa Brooks from the Aqua Dolls. I had such a great time talking to Melissa, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And like I said, make sure to check them out because they are in the studio currently with Fat Mike from NoFX recording their new record and it's going to be a banger. It's going to be awesome. So here it is, my conversation with Melissa Brooks from the Aqua Dolls. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Melissa from the Aqua Dolls. How are you doing today, Melissa? Hey, hey, I'm good. Just drinking some apple juice. How are you? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm doing fine. It's, it's pretty cold here in Indiana. I know you're out on the West Coast. What's the weather like out there? It's so cold. This is the coldest winter we've had in California, I feel. It's been super cold. Like what? What is skirts. super cold to you? Well, last night it was forty-one. Well, that's that's pretty cold. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it that's gets down to cold. like negative ten where I live, so it gets pretty bad. Oh, yeah, I could never. <laughs> have you guys done uh, a lot of touring in any of the colder states yet, or you guys have been staying mostly out west? Yeah, when we when we were on our winter tour, it was pretty cold. Um, it was snowing a little bit uh, when we were on our way to Canada. And um, in Washington, a little bit, we drove through some snow. Um, we we saw some road snow too, which is really cool. And I got to run in the snow in my vans, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, because they immediately got super wet after. But it was really cool because I'd never done that before. Well, I tell you, I the the first time that I ever saw snow in California, I was on tour out there, and we were up near Redding, up north in Northern California, and we got stopped because we didn't have snow chains. Because where I live, you just drive in the snow for. I mean, it doesn't even matter; nobody cares. But we got stopped and got a ticket because we didn't have any snow chains. Have you guys ran into that at all? Um, we thought we were gonna buy snow chains, and then um, our manager Rick was like, eh, "I don't think we need it," <laughs> so we didn't end up getting any. But we didn't end up needing it either, so it all worked out. Yeah, and shout out to Rick. Rick's gonna be on the program in the future as well. He hooked this up, and Rick's a really good guy. You guys enjoy working with Rick? Oh my gosh, he's been the best. He's been so amazing. It's been like a little less than a year that we've been working together, but he's helped us out so much and. I'm super blessed and me and the girls are super grateful for him. He's so awesome. Well, and I mean, working with someone of that caliber, like, I mean, his, his catalog, you know, Blink-182 and like all those different bands that had to be kind of a, a huge thing. How did you guys hook up with Rick? It's kind of funny. So he actually slid in my DM on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And 
he was on private and his picture like profile picture was of a boat and i just thought he was just another like weirdo because i get a lot of weird creepy dms and i was like who's this guy asking me about management like what so i didn't really respond to him at first and then uh one of uh one of my friend's bands I think mentioned him and they're like, yeah, he managed blink way too. And I was like, no way. And then I Googled him and then I was like, wait, Oh crap. And then I, I messaged him back and I was like, Hey, actually let's chat. And then, yeah. So I ignored him first. I thought he was like a weirdo, but he was actually like super legit and awesome. That, uh, the whole like sliding into the DMS thing. Have you seen the bomb pops uh, videos where they talk about the different DMS that they get from people? I have seen that series and I can relate so hard. It's really sad, but true. It makes me kind of upset. Like being a man, I would never, ever disrespect someone like that. And I cannot believe the amount of bullshit messages that you, you must get, not just being a girl in a band, but just being a woman in general, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of interesting people on the internet for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, they 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 think oh you know let me just say this really inappropriate <laughs> oh dear my sorry my alarm clock went off. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> um, but they're just like let me say this really inappropriate thing and you know I'm sure they'll they'll love it you know yeah. of course Melissa is gonna respond to let me put my toes in your mouth and <laughs> love you forever and come to India to live with me yeah. um. Mm, not quite but you know i appreciate the effort i guess <laughs> i had jen jen pop on the show a while back and, and we kind of talked about the same thing and it's just i don't know i guess it just blows my mind that for one someone would be so disrespectful but also do they really think that that is going to work <laughs> right like what are you thinking Am I just going to be like, yes, I will come to India with you. Let's I've been go. waiting for the chance to move to India with someone I don't know that was really exactly. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to India, but I don't know if it's going to be with someone that's sending me the same message every day, copy and pasted yeah. into my request. It's a little weird, but I mean, you never know. Life's crazy, right? <laughs> So yeah, so we'll we'll get off of the DM talk. I was really I was really interested. You guys just played New Year's Eve in Vegas with Third Eye Blind. Was that like a tour or was that just a one-off? That was a one-off show, but it was so sick. How did you guys get hooked up with them? I mean, they're a fairly, you know, classic band. They've got a good catalog and I'm sure the show was huge, right? Yeah, Rick goes surfing with Steven, okay. the singer Third Eye Blind. So, um that's how we got linked up with Third Eye Blind. Were they very accommodating to you guys? Very hospitable? Uh, yeah. House of Blues was awesome. And the sound was really great. And the fans were super rad and really accepting of us. And, you know, I think we won a lot of people over in the crowd, which is really cool. And, you know, the Third Eye of Blind guys are super nice and so much fun. So, you know, playing music, everybody kind of has that light bulb moment when they're young and they get into it. Do you remember like a moment like that when you thought, wow, this is something I'm really interested in and I want to start doing? Absolutely. I mean, I've been doing music. I've been writing songs since second grade and I've been um, basically like playing guitar since I was 15. Okay. Um, when I was 15 years old, I was in another band and 
I was kind of just playing keyboard and singing oohs and ahs in my ex-boyfriend's band. But we played a show at this uh, local venue in SoCal called Chain Reaction. Oh, I played there many, sell, like, many, many times. I love Chain Reaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had to like do like, um, I would have to sell pre-sale tickets to like my teachers because no <laughs> one would come see us play and they yeah. would buy tickets because they felt bad. But we played at Chain Reaction that night. And then I got home. And I was jumping on my bed with my iPod Nano in my ears, listening to Paramore. And I was like, I want to be like Haley Williams. I <laughs> yeah. want from my own band. I want to do this like forever. Like, I love this. And I just remember like that was my aha moment. <laughs> I wanted to from my own band. And then two years later, when I was 17, that's when I started the Aqua Dolls. Was it always like a conscious effort to be an all girl group? It's what I wanted from the beginning was to be an all-girl punk band, but it didn't actually happen until literally seven years into the band forming. Oh, so you had some like like early lineups that included some guys. Yes. When so you said like seven years later, like when did it actually come to fruition when you finally got the like the lineup that you wanted? Um, I I got Jackie and Kayla in the band. It was summer of two thousand eighteen. Okay. And so you guys, what I, what I wanted to ask you about, I know that you guys hooked up with uh burger records, which is like mm-hmm. a, a local label out there in California. How did that all come about? Like, were you just doing like demos just by yourself or were you guys actually trying to put stuff out on your own? Um, I, with my uh, ex-boyfriend, he was in the band with me at the time and he helped record um, our first EP, the We Are Free EP. And I had written all of those songs in high school in the band room during lunchtime because I had no friends. (laughs) And I wanted to record them and put them on Bandcamp and Facebook and stuff just so the people in my high school didn't think I was a total loser maybe. And I didn't really expect anything of it. I mean, yeah, I would introduce myself to people as, hello, I'm the next Lady Gaga. (laughs) So maybe I did really believe in myself, but, you know, I took it with a grain of salt and then um started like posting on tumblr a lot and stuff back in like 2012 and that's how we started to build traction but burger records is a local label that i've known about because um my parents sent me to fullerton high school because of the music and arts and theater program and there was a band called the audacity that um they went to fullerton high school and my dad was like there's a band that's on a record label there and i was like oh my gosh like that's so cool i want that to be me and then i started going to like burgerama and um like seeing tijuana panthers play and the black lips and the cosmonauts and like lovely bad things like some local bands and um I got really immersed into that scene and after I made that first EP with my ex I burned it on a CD and I gave it to them and I had already been going in like vacuuming for them and like folding (laughs) their tapes and kind of helping intern in between classes my freshman year of college I would like ride my razor scooter over in between classes but uh yeah I gave my CD and they're like we love it we want to put your tape out and give you shows and i was like yeah so that's like basically how it all happened and they they released uh, that ep the we are free ep in 2013 how long before i mean i know in 2014 you put out your debut full-length record now was that like a complete deal with the label like they were paying for recording and everything or how did that come about 
<laughs> no, no, we paid for everything. We actually did a pizza party benefit show that we raised, I think, like $600 at a show, and that's how we paid to get studio time to make Stoked on You. That's cool. And you're, you've always kind of been like the main songwriter, correct? Uh, yeah, as of, I mean, yeah, I'm like the only original member, I guess you could say, um, since 2012. So I've, yeah, I've been doing the songwriting, but, um, me and the girls are starting to collaborate now. And the first collaborative track we put out in September last year was Suck On This. And that was written all together as a group. And now we're, um, actually going to be going to Oxnard, on, well, we're leaving tomorrow, actually. So we're going to go to Oxnard and stay at one of Rick's houses and start demoing new songs and writing together as a group. That's awesome. Do you, do you like, now you said you guys are collaborating and everybody kind of has a hand in it, but what is your process like? Because you've done the majority of the songwriting. You just sit down with an acoustic guitar. Like, can you kind of take me through your process? It's so random and it just really depends. Like, sometimes... A lot of times, for some reason, I'll be in the shower okay. and I'll be like scrub-a-dub-dub and then a melody will come to my head or like some words will come to my head and then I have to like get out of the shower like mid-shampoo and like sing into my voice memos in my phone <laughs> and like record it. Yeah. And then when I get out, I'll like kind of sit with my guitar and like figure it out or finish writing like the poem or something. Um, sometimes... I'll be at my I'll be on my laptop and like wanting to make a beat. So I'll start with a beat and then I'll add guitar over it and then I'll add lyrics. Or sometimes I'll just sit at my piano and and like just kind of force myself to milk something out of my brain. So it really just depends on like how inspired I'm feeling. And sometimes I'll even just be taking a walk and I'll think of like some poetry and then I'll put music to it later or I'll think of the music first. So yeah. it kind of, it just kind of random depends. And, and now with the band being more like collaborate on stuff, are you still bringing in like an idea or, or like, how does that all work? I mean, I have a ton of ideas. Oh my God, my alarm clock. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. that, it's a funny little thing. Everybody will love it. <laughs> sorry but you have multiple alarms set on your phone is that how it goes yes <laughs> i was like please be awake i went to um a rave last night so i was like don't sleep See, I, I tell you i tell you I, this is a tangent but i'm not like that if i have one alarm it goes off i get up but like my wife i think she has to set like three or four and like just hit snooze and then the next one goes off like i know people exactly like that let's make sure we wake up so we're gonna set like nine alarms Yep, that's me. <laughs> so yeah, so get get back to uh, how you guys actually put this stuff together now. You have a lot of ideas and then you'll like bring that to practice? Yeah, I mean, we're literally about to start demoing as a group. And Suck On This was really the only song that we've collaborated on. And um, our guitarist, Kate, she, she just recently uh, left the band because she went off to college. Okay. Um, we miss her and love her, <laughs> but um, she's the one that made up the riff for Suck On This, and we jammed it at band practice, and um, we had a little conversation after practice that day, um, because our drummer Jackie, she was in another girl band before um, the Aqua Dolls, and she was kind of just talking about how sometimes the sound people at shows are like, 
the vent, just like the people working at the venue, they don't take women seriously. And you'll show up lugging your guitars and drums and everything, and they'll be like, "Oh, are you the girlfriends of the band? Are you, are you guys the the groupies? You got you got to wait outside." Yeah. And we're like, "No, we are the band. Like, hello, like, no." And you know, so that song is kind of about that. And then after we like jammed that riff, um, I made some lyrics based off of that conversation. And then, um, then Jackie made her verse, like the second verse. And then Kayla made up her bass line too. So we kind of all just like came together a little bit after like a couple of weeks of jamming that. And then that's how that song was born. So like, we're going to be going to Oxnard like tomorrow and um, forcing ourselves to live in this house for 10 days and make as many amazing songs as we can. So I'm excited to see what the process is going to be like. I have no idea, but I'm so excited to see what everyone's ideas are and collaborate. Now, will the new record be coming out on Aqua Babe Records, which is your label that you guys have that you put your last full length out on? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think we're going to try to shop it around maybe, but you know, if we don't get biters for sure, Aqua Babe records. What was the, the whole thought process was burger just not really working out. So you guys decided to put everything out on your own label after that. Um, no, I love burger. I still work with them. They're awesome people. I love them, but I wanted to do my own label just because I wanted to just have full control. Yeah over my project and I was working with some people previously and we were trying to like sign to a major and like become like full pop star mode. And that wasn't what I wanted for myself. And so I decided to not go that direction anymore. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own label. And that way no one can tell me no and I can do anything I want and put out music whenever I want. So that's how Aqua Babe formed. So you were talking earlier about like your light bulb moment was listening to Paramore and wanting to be like Haley. What were some of the other bands that inspired you? Because I got to say, when I listen to the Aqua Dolls, I don't really hear a lot of Paramore influence. Yeah, no, I definitely just love her. I love her spirit and her energy. Yeah. But I mean, we're not like really like a pop punk band. We're kind of more like surfy, I guess you could say. Was the pop punk stuff like a, a big influence though? Like, is that what you were kind of listening to? I, I can imagine, you know, growing up in Southern California, you were probably ex- exposed to, you know, fat records and, and epitaph bands and stuff like that way before probably somebody where I grew up was exposed to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, my taste is so eclectic. Like I love everything from no doubt Gwen Stefani to Britney Spears to Sonic Youth. Um, freaking i don't even know i love 100 gex right now they're super great um oh man (laughs) i can like (laughs) list 80 bands but now wait what do i listen to (laughs) i'm like looking on my spotify (laughs) but um i grew up listening to the beach boys the beatles the brunettes um i can hear some of that some of that beach boys beatles stuff because i i teach guitar for a living i'm a big like music theory geek and there's a couple in some of the songs like you guys will go to a chord that maybe is maybe not a traditional chord you should go to if you're following like traditional music theory. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what the Beatles and what the Beach Boys did. So I, I can hear that influence in there. Yeah. Shout out music theory. I took it 
twice in high school and failed the first time because I would ditch a lot. Yeah. But um, I took it the second time and I got an A. That's awesome. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love I love the harmonies that uh, Brian Wilson used and Beach Boys. Like I'm super obsessed with harmonies and um, kind of like different chords. And like seventh chords and, you know, just like yeah. kind of changing it up a little bit from like the typical song structure. But I also pretty well follow the song structure, I yeah. guess, too. But, you know, yeah. Love harmonies. Love reverb. You guys played, uh, I saw the documentary that you guys have out on YouTube. And oh, thank you. About the going on the tour and the tour looked really, really cool. And the one thing I wanted to ask you about was playing that very last Warp Tour date in Mountain View, California. I had so many friends that played that that actual last Warp Tour. I was really sad I wasn't able to make it out there for it. But what did that mean to you? Was that the first time you guys had done Warped? That was our first time playing Warp Tour. And I've been a Warp Tour attendee since I was 10 years old. Wow. So it was so surreal to get to be there. Like, I cried. The morning of, I literally had a panic attack because I was like, what makeup should I do for the last <laughs> Warp Tour? And, like, I freaked out. I was so nervous. But, like, once I, like, got there, all my nerves just went away. And I was just so excited by the energy. And, you know, it just – it's it means a lot to me because – like, I would go there when I was a little kid, and my mom would have to go, and I would go with my cousin, and we saw Katy Perry play on the side stage at, like, 2 p.m. I was on that tour. I remember hanging out and talking yeah. to her, and then all of a sudden, like, three or four years later, she's the biggest thing in the world. It was insane. I, I believe that was 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was my first Warp Tour, and I went, I went a few years after that. I saw... Um, uh, from first to last play, and now oh, yeah. you know Sunny Morris Skrillex. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> so, like, they're one of their first so. ever tours. Uh, they opened up for a band that I was actually in a band called Brazil that was on Fearless Records, and we were main support for the first ever Emory headlining tour. And from first to last was the opener. Whoa! That's <laughs> and so, so yeah, cool. it's funny. Like uh, a few years back, when Skrillex was like up for a bunch of Grammys, like I was texting with Sonny. I hadn't talked to him in years, but his number was still the same. <laughs> That's so funny. I know I've had the same number since middle school. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I just tell you, it was crazy because Sonny. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but I think you'll enjoy it if you if you like Skrillex. When we I do. when we were on that tour, I got to be fairly close with Sonny. He was at that point, I think he was fifteen or sixteen years old, and he was like, "Hey, man, check out this thing I made on GarageBand." And he'd show me like this, I guess, you know, quote unquote now dubstep stuff, but I didn't know what it was. And right. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And I just, you know, a few years later, he's the biggest artist in the world. And I just think it was really cool. That I got to hear some of that first stuff that he did. He actually, his email back then, because he would email me tracks, his email was like Skrillex, whatever at hotmail.com. <laughs> Whoa, prediction. Yeah, it's crazy, that's man. That's so cool. That's that's cool. You use GarageBand too. I use I use GarageBand to record um our last album, The Dream and the Deception. I tell you, so I've that been, gives me hope. I've been thinking about <laughs> I use GarageBand for the podcast. I use GarageBand for my demos. And I've been thinking about upgrading to Logic because it's very it's kind of just like a more professional version of GarageBand. Have you tried Logic yet? Yeah, Logic is like the older brother, older sister of GarageBand. And I actually learned first on Logic, but I just, my my computer, like my old laptop, it was like really broken, so it wouldn't load. 
so I had to use GarageBand on my broken laptop. But I just got a new laptop, and um, I have Logic on a thumb drive, but I, like, had to buy this USB adapter converter thing because it's, like, a new Mac. And Oh, you have the I new Mac where it, it doesn't have the same, like, uh, inputs, correct? It has nothing. It yeah. has a charging input and an aux cable input. There's no <laughs> USB ports. It's so annoying, and I had to spend $60 on an adapter just so I can plug in a flash drive. And then it didn't even work. So I got to go back to Best Buy today because I got to go record demos. I'm like, please work. My last uh, MacBook, I had a 2011 and I was using that all the way up until like last year. And it like just totally crashed on me. And I was like, well, I got to go get another one. And I was going to get a brand new with, you know, with like the little toolbar and everything, like the, the best Mac you can get. But then I read all of these reviews in the 2015 model which has all the USBs and everything you need. If you can find them, you can still order them new off of Apple and they, they're the best ever. So I'm not telling you, you messed up on the new one, but the 15s are great. That's what I'm using right now. So I already regret it. Like I wish <laughs> I still had like a different choice to get, but you know, I already put, I already covered it in stickers. So it's mine. <laughs> I went to Best Buy and I asked the guy, I'm like, you know, I do a podcast. I've got this interface. I do demos. Like, how do I plug it in? He's like, oh, well you have to buy all this extra stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to buy a 15. So I just bought yeah. a 15. But yeah. Problems, problems musicians have. What computer to buy? I know, right? <laughs> I almost bought a gaming computer too because all my friends were like, get a gaming computer. And then I was like, no, I want the new Mac. <laughs> and now I'm like, why did I get the new Mac? Are you stuck on Apple products like I am? Like my friends always tell me you should get this because it's customizable. I'm like, man, I'm an Apple guy. Yeah, I became an Apple person after I got my first MacBook because I was using PC my whole life and then... Once I got on Mac, no looking back. Same here. I, I, I used to have PC all the time. And once I got my Mac, I, I I use my wife's PC now and I just feel like I'm dumb. Like I can't even do anything. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel using my parents' house computer whenever I need to print stuff. It's so slow. And <laughs> my dad will yell at the computer when it doesn't work. And I'm just like, oh, you need to get a Mac. So why don't you uh, take me through that? Was that like the first big tour you guys had done? That tour, I, you guys are doing yoga and everything. And that's Rick's daughter that was with you guys, right? Yeah, Jay, shout out to JC DeVoe, her being an awesome yoga teacher and tour manager and merch helper and ultimate roadie extraordinaire. <laughs> but um, I've, I've been on a U.S. tour back in 2016 and we did like 30 dates across the country, but that was like years ago. And um, we got to go back out to a lot of the places like Fresno, which um, I hadn't been to since 2016. So it was really cool to go back last summer. And that was one of our best shows, I feel, of the year. We had a really good turnout. And um, then we did our big U.S. tour in October and we were gone like basically the whole month of October till Halloween. And we went all the way from California to New York and back. Wow. So that was really cool. And the biggest show that we played there was Austin City Limits. And that was incredible. Oh, you actually got to play Austin City Limits? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We played both weekends and we got to play the same day as The Cure. Wow. That's awesome. What were some of the other bands other than The Cure that you were like stoked on while you were there? Um, Billy Eyelash played that day too. Billy Eyelash? And, yeah, I call her Eyelash. But, um, 
Uh, shout out Miss Eyelash. Hey, she's she, great. Um, that that record is it was in my top ten. I'm a punk rock metal guy, and it made it. She's she's awesome. I really like her voice a lot and her aesthetic, but it was, it was a bummer though, because there was so many good people performing that day and we were just working nonstop. Like we had press, 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 we did interviews, photo shoots, and then we had to leave site to go to, um, I believe it was Texas State University and we did a little, um, like performance in their radio studio so we were really we were working like the only band i saw that day like was at the very end of the night and it was the cure and then i saw a little bit of childish gambino as well and a little bit of lizzo the next week and then um we saw third eye blinds whole set so that was like the only entire set we really got to see oh and fisher we saw fisher the dj he was rad that was the second weekend because we weren't really working um wait oh my gosh no i'm so confused i'm so sorry no i'm lying to you i'm lying um actually we went back the day after we played the first weekend and that's when we thought saw third eye blind and we saw lizzo and we saw fisher and then the second weekend we played our set and it was raining and it was really cold and then we had to like leave immediately after to drive to nashville and it was like a 14-hour drive or something what what were the bands that you were pretty excited to see on that last Warp Tour date? Oh my gosh, um, Frankie Yarrow, just oh, yeah. because yeah. I'm a huge My Chemical Romance fan. And um, did you I, get to go to the reunion show? No, <laughs> I'm so broke. Are you kidding me? Like they went they went on sale and immediately sold out within like ten seconds, and yeah. then the resales were like a grand, and I was like, hell no. Um, but I, I think to they're going to be so doing a lot more touring though, honestly, because it seems like I they're announcing they stuff and they were doing, they did those, like, I think they might've just announced like some out, out of the country stuff, like some Japan or something. I don't know. They did. Yeah. They're going to be playing some festivals next or this year. So I feel like they'll be announcing some new stuff, but, um, unfortunately the same kind of as Austin city limits, we were working a lot at warp tour. Like yeah. we were doing press and interviews and they showed a little bit of that in the documentary, but it was so chaotic. Like we would like go to the merch table, sell stuff. And then it's like, okay, interview over here. And it's like, it's such a big festival. That's a lot of walking. I have flat feet. So <laughs> it's kind of like my feet were so just sore after like walking that whole day. But yeah, like um, Frankie Yero, super awesome. And I ran into him backstage at the Warped Tour barbecue. And um, it's funny because like everyone in my band, like we're so obsessed with my chemical romance. And um, Jackie was like, I just saw Frank by the bathrooms. And I was like, no way. And then we like walked by again. He was there and they're like, I'm too scared to say anything i'm too scared and i was like oh i'm not i'm gonna do it so then like i just went up to him and i was like hey frank like um i love you and my band played today but um i've loved you since i was like 10 and hi nice to meet you and he was he was so sweet like he was like oh my gosh like that's so cool like those guys are the best i i used to tour with those guys back in the day i had a I was in a bunch of bands back in the day but we did a tour with them like right after their first record came out they're some of the nicest guys ever they're so sweet and like I was so like weird and he was so nice to me and I felt so bad but <laughs> he was really nice and gave me a hug. Did you get a um, picture with him? No, I was too nervous to ask, Aww. but you know, next time, right? Next, next time. time. Yeah, maybe you guys He'll will tour with him. Time. Maybe you'll get it like to oh, open for him. 
I had a dream, actually, and it was, like, I dreamed this the day after they announced their L.A. comeback, and it was that my band and Dollskin were going to be opening for my chemical romance at that show, and, like, I almost tweeted it, and then I forgot, and, yeah, now it's kind of <laughs> too late, but um, Dollskin is another band that um, we met at Warp Tour, and now we're friends, and I love them. That's awesome. So I saw a little bit of their set. So, you know, this show is called That One Time on Tour. Do you have, like, maybe a funny or, like, crazy tour story from, you know, recent tours that you guys have been on that you could share with us? <sighs> I know it's a hard question. I always put people <laughs> on the spot. Hmm. I feel like so much debauchery happened. That I'm just like, what debauchery do I want to explain right now? <laughs> um... Oh my gosh. One thing is coming to mind, but I cannot share it because Jackie okay. will get very mad at me. Um, <laughs> um Is Jackie Jackie's your drummer? Jackie's our drummer, yeah. And then Kayla's our bass player. I liked on the uh on the documentary you guys all seemed like super into the yoga stuff and then Jackie was like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what if I, how I feel about it. I know. It was so funny, like because I I did yoga in high school a little bit. Um, I would help out our teacher and assist. So I I was pretty familiar with the yoga stuff. But um, yeah, Jackie wasn't really quite feeling the yoga. <laughs> um, but like, you know, that's okay. Like, it's not for everyone. That's fine. You know, like we were trying something new with JC and JC was super helpful. And it was actually really nice to like get to like stop and stretch because you're in the car for like, eight ten hours a day every yeah. day what was and that was that a setup where you guys left jackie after the yoga session when she was running after the van it was totally real is that why there was somebody filming it from down the street <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe it was a little staged or was it well i'm saying <laughs> i'm sure that a lot of people probably didn't pick up on the fact that oh well someone's <laughs> filming it down the street so it has to kind of be something <laughs> Yeah, Rick actually was the one that filmed, like, basically that whole documentary. Yeah. It was really scary. I guess this could be a, t a fun tour story. Um, yeah, we're, like, driving down the highway on, like, mountains and stuff, like, going mountainside, and Rick is the one that's driving, and then he's like, oh, grab my camera, grab the camera, grab the camera, and then he, like, is, like, driving with one hand, and then, like opens the sunroof and is like sticking the camera out the sunroof while driving and is like filming everyone and we're just kind of like smiling for the camera but inside we're like we're gonna die <laughs> we're gonna crash he's gonna crash this car right now over the shot he's just trying to get the shot and we're we're gonna crash so that was a little a little scary you know having him be the cameraman the driver at the same time it was a little sketch but luckily we were all okay and it made for really good footage. Awesome. So uh, I have some uh, some listener questions, if you wouldn't mind answering those. Say. Okay, so Spooky Helder from British Columbia, Canada, wants to know if there will be a vinyl release of The Dream and The Deception. What's up, Spooky Helder? Our number one Canadian fan. We love him. Um, yeah, so... The money that I had saved up to do vinyl, I spent to go on tour. <laughs> okay. Like that funded our our like van rental and our gas and hotels and stuff. So I guess the answer is when I'm not broke, we will have vinyl. Yeah. 
So it will happen. I can't say when because I, I don't know when my bank account will not be yelling at me. But when it's not yelling at me, we will definitely make vinyl and for sure cassettes as well. Oh, you're going to do cassettes? That's awesome. Yeah, because they're a little cheaper to make than vinyl. So there yeah. might be cassettes before vinyl. But um, but definitely, I really want to do vinyl because I when I made that album, I intended it to be like um, a full listen, like kind of all the songs. Yeah, They're, the the songs are all written in chronol. Or I mean, I'm sorry, the songs on the album are all placed in chronological order as they occurred. Okay, in my life, so it's kind of like meant to be listened to all the way through. So I feel like it would sound so awesome on vinyl, but um. It's it's nineteen songs, so I would have to make a double vinyl. Oh yeah, that'd have to be which a, is like a lot of money. Pretty expensive on you know Aqua Babe Records, which is AKA <laughs> me and like two hundred dollars my bank account. So, um, yeah, buy our merch and uh, you know come to our shows and come buy our tickets, and then we'll be able to save up money to make vinyl. Do you think that you know nowadays with the single being so like you know the thing that people are worried about because of streaming. Do you think that people kind of get lost on that whole idea of listening to something front to back? Like, especially if it's supposed to be together, like the sequencing for you, you said was chronologically as they were written. Do you feel like maybe there are people out there that are kind of missing that whole point? Absolutely. And, um, and that's fine. Like, I mean, I'm stoked that people even know we exist because we're like an indie band. Yeah. So like if you listen to one song or the whole album or like you even just know we exist, that's so sick and I'm obsessed. But um, yeah, like our song um, off Dream of the Deception, Communication is Sexy, I Don't Know How to Communicate. That one got picked up by a bunch of Spotify playlists. So that one um, like did really well like on streams on like Spotify. So I feel like a lot of people have heard that song, but um, you know, maybe they will go back and listen to the full record yeah. in its entirety. But um, a lot of people will just like hear that song. And I do that with, with some bands and stuff. Like I'll find a song and I'll obsess over that song, but then I never really like look deeper until I'm like, wait, I want to know more and I'm curious and then I'll dig deeper. But um, I feel like people are starting to dig deeper into finding us and just from the conversations of how are people on tour and they've talked to me about the album. So I feel like definitely there are people like um, that are listening to it in its entirety, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, just as time goes on, more and more people hear it. And then when we drop new music, that'll happen, too. But I think we're going to be dropping singles first this yeah, year yeah. like before an album or ep we're going to be doing singles okay so i have one more question this is from amanda in colorado she wants to know if you could tour with any band past or present who would it be oh it's a hard question oh that's hard oh man why don't we break it up so amanda if you don't mind <sighs> i'm going to change your question how about you pick a band that is no longer touring and then a band that is touring that way you can get two in there Okay. Um, if this was like the good old days, the good, good old days. Oh man. I would love to go on tour with the mamas and the papas. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because yeah. Yeah. I love mama Cass so much. And like, if this was that era, I think that would be really cool. And 
we would do really well together. Um, also, like, Hole, like, in the 90s, that would be super sick, and I feel like we would build good together. Yeah. Or even now, you know, if Courtney Love wants an opening band, hey, Courtney, what's up? <laughs> I had um, Hole's, uh, <laughs> Hole's bass player, Sean, on the show last year, and he told me some really, really good stories about Courtney. You might want to go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Yeah. yeah, she's one of my big inspos. Um, but modern, oh gosh, um, this is just for me personally and not what the other girls would think because I have very different tastes, but I would love to open for Charlie XCX. Oh, that'd be I great. I don't know yeah. if she would pick like a punk band to open for her. She'd probably get like an EDM artist, but you know, we do play Sig Boy Live, which is like kind of a trap inspired song, you know? So, uh, hey, Charlie, you want to throw us on your tour? I can, I can see that mix though. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, you guys are kind of opposites, but that would sound good together. You guys opening for her. I would love that so much. That would be so fun. And then... Uh, who else? Oh my gosh, a hundred gucks. I don't know much about them. I'm gonna have to check them out. You have to. They changed my life. Like I just discovered them, um, like last summer. But I'm already obsessed, like to the point beyond belief, with both of them. Like they're a two piece, and they're such good producers. And I really want to collaborate with them in the future. They're so rad. I'll have to. I said it was a hundred gecks. A hundred gecks. I will definitely check them out. That's awesome. Well, thank thank you yes. for the heads up on that. Oh yeah, they're gonna be very famous soon. So check them out now, so you could be like, I knew about them before they got big. <laughs> so Melissa, I've had you on the phone for quite a while. I'm very excited that you came on the show today. Uh, I've been listening to the stuff a lot. I'm I'm gotta say I'm a you you have a new fan in me. Yay! <laughs> Welcome if, to the Aqua Babe family. Yeah, and if you come through Indiana, I'll definitely be there rocking out to you guys. I think we are. Wait, am I wrong? Am I so wrong? I don't know. I didn't see an Indiana date on there, but. I might be so wrong. I never really know where we're going, but I feel like we will go. Like We'll definitely be in Indiana, I'm sure, this year. Because we're going to be going on tour with White Reaper. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, not even really in the spring. It's like in a month. (laughs) We're leaving on um, February 20th through... um, March 8th, we will be on tour with White Reaper. And then I guess like in between those dates, we're going to be sprinkling in some headline shows. Okay. So maybe one of them will be in Indiana. I can't really say for sure (laughs) right now, but I'm sure we'll definitely be there later this year. So you guys are demoing the new stuff for a new record. You guys are going on the tour with White Reaper. Uh, Anything else coming up in the future that you can tell us about? Um, we're going to be playing Incarceration Festival in Ohio this summer. It's going to be, what day is the show? Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking it up. Okay, it's going to be, um, July 10th through 12th. Actually, we don't, I don't know what day, which of those we're playing, but in July, we will be in Ohio playing with Blink-182. And Limp Biscuit and Weezer. Wow. So that'll be a really crazy festival that I'm really excited for. And um, I guess just look out for new music coming really soon. And, you know, some videos, lots of vlogs. I just got a camera from Walmart yesterday. So we'll have lots of HD 
vlogs coming soon. Cool. And just expect more debauchery, more fun, and more aquatastic good times. <laughs> so uh, could you tell my listeners the socials for you and the band so they can check you guys out? Absolutely. You could follow our band at The Aqua Dolls on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And we're also on Spotify, iTunes, and all of that good stuff, YouTube. Just look up The Aqua Dolls and you'll find us. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Melissa Brooks LA. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, when you guys have the new stuff come out, please make sure to come back on the program and talk to me, okay? Definitely. Me and the girls would also love to talk to you again. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, if you guys come to Indiana, we can do it live. So I'll help bring a bunch of microphones. We can talk. Yes, we, we, we must hang out. It just it has to happen when we come to Indiana. We're going to hang out and awesome. then we'll do some fun. Awesome. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the program today. Everybody out there, check out the Aqua Dolls. Like she said, it's on all of the streaming platforms. And uh, I will talk to you in the future. Have an excellent evening. Thank you so much. You too. See you later. Bye. Bye. So there it was, my conversation with Melissa Brooks from the Aqua Dolls. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, they are in the studio right now with Fat Mike from NoFX working on their new record. Make sure to go check out their stuff. It's on all of the streaming sites. Follow them on social media. They're a really cool group, and uh, we should support them. They're amazing. I really like their music. They've got anything from like punk rock stuff to like indie rock sound and stuff. Like really, really cool band. So check out the Aqua Dolls. Thanks again to Melissa for coming on the show. Thanks to Rick, her manager, Mr. Rick DeVoe, who's going to be on the show very, very soon. And that's going to be an awesome episode. I cannot wait for that. And he's keeping me hip on all these new bands. So thanks a lot, Rick. I can't wait to talk to you. Next week on the program, finally, after two years of doing the podcast, my best friend and hetero soulmate, Mr. Brian Nelson, Formerly of the Ataris, formerly of the Widow Jenkins, uh, former, actually not former good guy. He's still a good guy. He's currently working with Baroness. He's their monitor tech. I went down and hung out with him when I did the episode with Seb from Baroness, but we did not have time to get Brian on then. So we did it over the phone. He's living in Arizona right now. And uh, Brian and I go way back. We played Little League Baseball together. We've just, we've always been kind of really 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 good friends and uh it's kind of it's kind of weird not being able to see him every day like i moved a few years back you know down to alabama he was in arizona he was still playing with the ataris after i left the ataris now he's no longer in the ataris and he's still working though he's toured with weezer the orwells uh enslaved like i said baroness um trying to think of all the other bands there's so many heffron drive like this pop band he's he's done some crazy stuff he ran sound at Wembley arena in london so brian's got some good stories we talk a lot about the old atari's days we talk a lot about what he's doing now we just you know we talk like two good friends talk and uh it was wonderful speaking with brian and i can't wait for you guys to hear that episode i can't wait to share it with you next week so come back for that and that is it for today's episode there's not a lot going on right now in my world. I am in the middle of my rock and roll winter workshop, and I'm going to try to get some of the kids on an episode soon so you can hear about what they like about music and how great I am to hang out with them and teach them about music. Very self-serving. I think this podcast is becoming too self-serving. 
But I love you guys. Thank you for the support. Follow us on the socials at TOTOT Podcast. If your band or company wants to sponsor an episode or two, hit me up, TOTOT Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to leave me some love or some hate, you can do that. You can call 1-765-372-8818. It's the TOTOT Hotline. Uh, call and I'll maybe feature you on an episode. So that's it. I'm going to jump out of here, but not before I play some music. I'm going to play the new single by the Aqua Dolls. It's called Suck on This. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'll see you next week with Brian Nelson, my good buddy and hetero soulmate. I love you guys. This is Chris signing off. Peace. He said hello. I said hell no. He said now don't you want to take a walk with me. I rolled my eyes. I said goodbye. It's time for me to go set up on stage. And he was like, you win the band. I'm in the band. You're in the band. I am the band. We are the band. Rock up the It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. 
Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.